Season one of this show is sponsored by FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs. If you're ready to take your side gig to the next level, you can't spend dozens of hours each week drafting invoices and chasing down late payments. With FreshBooks, you can send an invoice in less than 30 seconds. Plus, you can see when your client has opened their invoice and schedule automatic follow-up emails that trigger if they forget to pay. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com slash side gig and enter side gig in the how did you hear about us section. Later in this episode, you'll hear about one FreshBooks customer who uses it to scale their small creative business. So stay tuned for that. Hey everybody, this is Preston and you are listening to SideGig. We're three independent entrepreneurs who have built successful side businesses all while working our standard nine to five desk job. Your hosts are Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan Robinson. I'm a content marketing consultant to the world's top experts and growing startups. I've helped companies like Creative Live and LinkedIn, experts like Tim Ferriss and Lewis Howes, grow their brands and create more influence online through content marketing. Ian. Hi, I'm Ian Paget, also known as Logo Geek. My website and blog generates hundreds of new leads each month. I've also leveraged social media to be seen as an influential designer which has attracted exciting opportunities such as the judging of international design awards. My side gig has been so successful, I've now gone part-time freelance. And me, Preston. I took a blog I started as an experiment in college and turned it into a business that now makes more than I do at my desk job. This episode is all about balance. We answer the question, how do I balance building a side gig with my desk job, significant other, a growing family, volunteer obligations, or whatever else it is taking up your time these days? This is one of my favorite episodes of this season. There's some real gems in here. Let's jump right in. We sent out a, a link to our audiences at sidegigshow.com. We asked for questions. This was one of the most common questions we got, at, or some variety of this question. How do I balance, if I'm working at a desk job and I want to build a business and I also have a life, how do I balance those three things and make sure that, you know, my loved ones aren't getting ignored or my desk job isn't getting ignored or my side gig isn't getting ignored? How do I balance them in the right way? I can imagine in your case, Preston, everyone's going to be most interested in yours because you actually have a, uh, a family as well. Um, and I mean, I, I don't have a family. So in terms of working on a side business, it's a lot easier because I have more time. I have more um, freedom to do that. I mean, it's still challenging, but I think it'd be worth jumping straight into that. It's like, Preston, from your perspective, having a family, how do you fit side business into your life? You know, we talked last episode a little bit about my daily schedule and a lot of it is that sticking to a schedule my, like I just, it takes a lot of discipline and I'm not sure. I've just maybe been blessed with being able to be intentional about that, uh, about when I'm spending time with my family versus when I'm working on my business versus when I'm at my desk job. I'm very intentional about all of it. But if you set up blocks of time, we were sort of talking in the pre-show here about blocks of time that you set up, um, for certain tasks. And I think that's the only way it works is if I just say, no, I'm not going to check my phone or my computer while we're having family movie night or while we're, while I'm at my desk job or whatever. Mm. I think that's really important. But I'm curious, I'm curious 
about you guys, I mean, you have, it's not like you don't have other things going on. Mm-hmm. You've got, you've got families, you've got friends, you, you've got dating, maybe you've got, um, desk job, you've got, you know, contract work. And then there's just like social life, like going out on the weekends, going to see a movie, going out to eat and anything that takes up time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to work in, around. Yeah. In my case, yeah. Um, I haven't had like a, a set routine like like you have, Preston. I've been a little bit um, organic because I started Logo Geek just as a side project, as a bit of fun. Um, just because previously, um, I basically took on a project that took around um, four years, and it was it's, it wasn't a side gig as such, just more like a side project, and that was very consuming on my life. Like I needed to work on something and it was just taking hours and hours and hours. And, um, you know, personally I was feeling burnt hours causing, um, you know, problems. Like I, I basically didn't have a life. I, this thing was consuming all free time that I had. But when I started logo geek, the, the reason why I started working on logos, even though I could work on other things, it was purely because, um, it would take around two weeks to do a project. And the, the good thing with that is that I can take on a project, work on it over a two-week period, and once it's finished, I'm free to do whatever I want. So I, when I first started that, I could, I could get my, my little kick out of having a side project because, like, for, for me, just, just having something on the side, it was quite fun. You know, you come home, work on this creative project. I've always loved working on logos. And in my day job, um, I would only do them, like, say, once a month. So... Um, doing it my free time, I was able to learn more and just generally improve. Um, it was never about making money as such. It was just pretty much for fun. I think you bring up a good point, Ian. For me, the side gig has to be fun. Like, uh, I know we're talking about, I guess, work-life balance, but I think it's actually, I think it's actually part of it. Yeah, you know, if I, I agree. If I, was, if I was at a desk job... Which, you know, I feel okay about my desk job. Um, but if I was at a job that I hate, <laughs> hated, like a lot of people are, and then I also had a side business that I kind of hated and <laughs> didn't, didn't feel that great about, I think my life and my family's life would be awful. I mean, mm. I'd be grumpy all the time. You know, like my side gig is actually kind of my outlet in some ways. If I have a bad day at the desk job, I try to do something in my business that makes me feel like I made some progress or achieved something. And that puts me in a good mood um, so that I can be my best self for my family and my friends. Mm, I agree with oh, that because yeah. what, what I found is, you know, when, when you have a day job, anything that you do is contributing to someone else's idea. Um, but when you have this side venture, any little thing that you do, like you can spend five minutes on it. That five minutes adds on to something. And um, like that work never goes away. So, for example, if you're working on a website and you draft out a piece of content and it's got a few spelling errors in it, if you spend five minutes and fix those spelling errors, that five minutes has actually made a difference. So in in my case, I've treated it very much like a hobby. So when I've had a holiday, I might just draft out a piece of content. You know, it's not the best it can be, but I've done it in that time, done what I wanted to do, chucked it online. The next time I might have 10 minutes, I'll just read through that again and just improve it. Maybe I'm on holiday, I'm bored. I'll uh, rewrite that piece of content again and just improve it. Like you can, you can do things relatively quickly at like 90% and just keep improving on it, just keep adding on to it. And I think um, 
baby steps. I mean, just before we, we hit record on here, we was talking about, you know, what we could potentially achieve in 30 minutes a day. You can do a lot in these small periods of time. So you can actually kind of live your day. You know, you can, you can go to work, you can come home, you can have, you can cook dinner, you can go out with friends. And then there might be this half an hour where, you know, normally you might just sit down in front of the TV or just sit down and, and play around with uh, Facebook or Twitter or whatever. <laughs> if you use that half an hour a day instead, growing something half an hour a day baby steps contribute towards it you mentioned something there that that i really resonated with myself i would say like my tendency is is definitely to slack off if i'm not sort of connecting what my what my work is to my greater purpose so um, one of one of the huge things in my course is like right when we start things out if you if you cannot connect your business to a greater purpose beyond just some sort of money-making opportunity, then you really shouldn't even be going into that particular business, right? So finding something that, that motivates you to want to utilize that half an hour, that hour that you actually have. And then like, even just beyond that, like when it comes to balancing these things, it's, you know, admittedly, it's, it's a constant struggle, even for me, because I'll get up at 4.30 in the morning, a few days a week to, to work on, producing a course, you know, I, I do a freelance business on this, um, as my main gig right now. And so finding the time to work on my course content or my blog content has always been a struggle for me. And like one thing that I've found has really helped people going through my courses in particular is basically we sign this contract when you start and it's, it's this thesis of that you're agreeing to train yourself to say no to the things you want to do so that you can make time for saying yes to the things you must do. And I think when you, when you view everything that comes across your plate as a utilization of your time, whether it's personal or business, when you frame things as, is this a want or a must? That really brings everything back to earth for me. And I think you touched on something that's made a huge difference for me as well. And that is the 4.30 in the morning thing. Uh, you know, it's not glamorous and it's not fun, but... Uh, when you're working on a side gig, if you are, if you're really pushing on something, if you're releasing a new product, if you're redesigning your website, if you're um, updating your brand, if you're working on some sort of marketing initi- marketing initiative for growth, whatever it might be, you know, you there might be some times when the usual hour or two a day doesn't cut it, and you might have to pull a four thirty to seven thirty, or a or at night you might have to do a midnight to three in the morning to really crank on something. I mean, there is. Yes, the internet has made it amazingly possible to run a side business, you know, in your five minutes of downtime during the day. You can check your phone, you can check your social media, your email, whatever. But there is there is something to be said for working in large chunks, two or three hours or four or five, six hours at a time, that sometimes we forget as side giggers, we forget that there's there's a, there's power in that. And I love the idea of waking up early. I've done that a few times as I built Milo where there was just a big project we were working on. And I just decided, look, I'm going to get up at four or five in the morning 
before my kids get up, before my wife gets up. And, you know, no one cares about that time. No one's going to be jealous of that time. No one's going to mm. say like, hey, you know, you need to spend more time with the family today uh, at four in the morning. <laughs> no one cares. And so that's your your time. You can do anything you want. Right. Like finding that distractionless time. That's right. That's key. Yeah. And time that no one else is asking for anything from you. Your boss isn't asking for anything. Your family and friends aren't asking for anything. It's just your time. Season one of Side Gig is sponsored by FreshBooks. Lots of our readers and listeners use FreshBooks every day to manage their side gig or growing business. Here's what Michael, founder of SICdigital.com, has to say. He's been using FreshBooks since 2010. The coolest thing, he told me, is being able to compare my profit and loss over the years and see how my business has grown. To join Michael and try FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com slash sidegig and enter sidegig in the how did you hear about us section. Support for sidegig also comes from Bluehost. With a one-click WordPress install, 24-7 customer support, and a money-back guarantee, Bluehost has just what you need to rest easy. When you only have a few hours each week to grow your side hustle, you don't have time for your site to go down. With Bluehost, you won't have to worry about that. Learn more and get a special discount when you visit sidegigshow.com slash bluehost. That's sidegigshow.com slash bluehost. And now, enjoy the rest of today's episode of Sidegig. I think adding on to that as well, and it's been a key thing in my case, is routine. Like, I can imagine the first time you started waking up at 4.30, it was probably hell. <laughs> yeah. But once you've done it a few times, it's like, that's what you do. You know, you have to wake up at 4.30. Mm-hmm. You have to do this. You have to do that. And because you kind of allocated that time, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to show up and sit down and, and do it. And in my case, with Twitter in particular, I had goals to grow my numbers, essentially. And I set myself a routine of what I needed to do each day. And every morning I woke up for work, I wake up about half six it's not it's not as early as um, you guys are but that's the first thing that I would do before anything else is just do a, you know a list of things with, for my social media and over a two-year period that has paid off big time for me I'm talking like five minutes those five minute activities has really made a long-term massive difference for the business that I'm building and for me personally and I think seeing the momentum and seeing the results drives you to to dedicate more of that time as well you know sometimes i get on the train which we've talked about is sort of my time to work on my business mm-hmm. and i'm just like man i'm tired i don't want to work on it and frankly sometimes i don't but i'd say 99 percent of the time i do mm-hmm. and in those moments when i don't feel like working or in the moments when i didn't feel like getting up early it was the momentum that i received you know if you can just do it like two or three times you start to see the results and then that drives you to keep doing that kind of thing mm, i totally agree because i i mean i've had days when it's like why am i doing this why am i doing this but each day it's like i need to serve the audience that i built um I've, i need to hit the the target like say i would i would give myself a target okay by the end of the year i'm going to achieve this and i know if i don't do this on that that day i'm going to miss out on you know, potentially 50 followers in that day. And 50 is a lot, you know, when you're, when you're aiming at like 10,000 or 50,000 and so mm-hmm. on. So missing out on that day, it's like, I can't skip this day. I just have to do this. So even on those days, it's like... This- yeah, that, that commitment is huge. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually a huge fan personally of, of literally blocking out 
time sets on my calendar. So like maybe, maybe we ought to include a screenshot of what my, my Google calendar looks like Mm. in the show notes, because I block out the days of the week that I'm working on my course early in the morning. I have right now, I'm looking at a a four hour block from 5am to 9am before I go to work for my freelance clients on Tuesdays and Thursdays, where I'm working on literally just developing course content. And so I have two blocks of time that I schedule in for doing email. And then I'll, I'll X out of my internet browser in the times that I'm not looking at email. So I'm not tempted to look at it. So I've, I've sort of learned what my triggers are to where if I have something on my calendar, that means it's a commitment. That means I do it. Um, if I have my inbox open on my browser, I'm probably going to be drawn in to look at the messages there. So I just don't do it. So I think finding that balance for me, at least in my experience has been about sort of rigidly structuring my commitments and staying disciplined enough to say, okay, you know, like Thursday nights are date night. I'll, I'll allow myself to have one other night per week during the work week, at least where I can do a social event. Um, having those guardrails in place has been what sort of guides me to actually stay uh, delivering on my promises to myself. Yeah, I think discipline is a huge piece of this. People are probably looking for some hack or tip or trick. If you water all of this down to one thing, I think it has to be discipline mm-hmm. and and sort yeah. of knowing yeah. knowing yourself enough to discipline yourself. And that doesn't sound sexy or fun, but like that's the truth about running a business is if you want it to succeed, you have to do the things that it requires for it to succeed. And sometimes that means like you said, Ryan, limiting nights out or means getting up early or it means sacrificing other things that are important to you. And um, I'm curious, Ryan, you, uh, we met, when we met, you worked at Creative Live, but you were building your thing on the side after hours or before hours or that kind of thing. But I'm also curious what, I know you did before and after hours, but what, what kinds of things, if any, did you do during the day while you were at Creative Live that helped you with your side business? Yeah, that's actually a great question. So um, for me, I was lucky enough to where what I was doing at Creative Live as a content marketer, I was getting to interact with, well, people like yourself. Um, and then, you know, all the different instructors that came through teaching business topics, getting to meet people like Tim Ferriss from Meet AT, a bunch of people that had kind of been idols of mine um, for many years. And so I was relationship so cool. building. Yeah. That was, that's what I would say has been sort of the biggest benefit of, of, um, choosing. And I really did choose my job at creative live choosing to work with a company where I'd get to sort of rub elbows with the people that I eventually wanted to associate myself with. So mm, cool. a lot of relationship building. And then as a content marketer, Preston, I know you specifically know what it's like. There's a lot of relationship building that goes into guest posting and reaching out to get more shares of your content. Just establishing those those relationships, um, even though at the time it was it was to help further creative life content that I was working on. Virtually all of those have continued on now to where I'm either working as a freelance consultant for a couple of them or I already have sort of a built-in distribution network of different brands, people, influencers that are willing to share my content. A lot of relationship building. And then aside from that, I would I would do things to utilize, you know, my lunch hour here and there, but by getting up 3-4 days a week, 4:30 a.m. and working on my stuff before going to work, 
I would honestly be pretty burnt out by the time I start work at at you know nine nine thirty in the morning, and then I, I really viewed that as my best creative time needing to go to my side business. So yeah. for me, it was just always insanely hard to try and get work done in the evenings after I was already burnt out. I think that's a hugely important piece of advice. There's no law or rule or anything that says that you have to give your best creative time to your employer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you work for them from nine to five or whatever doesn't mean necessarily that you have to start your day at nine or end your day at five, whatever your flow time of the day is when you really feel like you do your best work, try to get some side gig work in there and you'll see that it pays off. So often, you know, we just, we just give our early morning time to our employer. It's the first thing we do in the morning Mm -hmm. instead of really looking at it critically and saying, am I, you know, do I deserve this time? Mm, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I know in my case, I've always done my side projects in kind of like time when I've been quite tired. So, you know, just start on its own does make the experience quite hard. In my case, things like social media and content writing and stuff like that, that's relatively easy to do in short bursts. But taking on projects when, you know, you actually need to put in like creative work, that has been quite um, difficult on times, you know, to to kind of do your best, like because it's your own personal thing and not for someone else. You want to you want to do your best, so that can be quite hard. What I've had to do is block out time at a weekend um, to to do that type of work. But as I've grown things, I've received more emails. Um, that you know, the the work has increased, and and it's that increase of work that's essentially pushed me to take my side gig one step further and actually go part-time in my day job so that I do have that time. I, I, I think, you know, it's probably something worth talking about now is that that side gig is going to grow and it is going to take up more time. Like, um, you know, you might just be blocking out 30 minutes a day, but, you know, there's going to become a point where it's like you, you can't fit in that work. And that, that's where I got to. Um, but luckily I was able to speak with friends and now I'm at a point where I have a friend that is responding to my emails like I get so many um, inquiries or emails now that if I just spent all my time doing that, it'd be every single evening, you know, <laughs> from work, just responding to emails and not doing anything else. So in terms of fitting it in as it scales, if your long-term goal is to actually create a business, you need to start thinking, okay, this day job, can I put that to one side or do I need to keep blocking it out and then I, I think once you get to that point that's when you need to start scheduling it sacrificing time and um, once you're making enough money then kind of taking that leap yeah I think you brought up something really important which is you know we can't talk about work-life balance without without also talking about just work balance and and realizing that checking your email is not really important work I mean it leads to important work and it, and it, it moves important work forward, but the act of sending an email, like a lot of times is not important work. And certainly the act of checking email just to see if anything's popped in is not very often important work. And don't get me wrong. I mean, most of my revenue comes from sponsors and so I have to be emailing them all the time. But what I'm saying is, you know, if you, if you're constantly refreshing your email inbox or if you're constantly responding to people who are just trying to suck away your time, again, it comes back to discipline. 
Like you have to watch yourself and pay attention to how much time you're spending and on what things. Otherwise you'll end up doing things that build other people's businesses more than your own. And you might as well stay at a desk job if you're going to be doing that. Yeah, You're, you're basically saying that you need to be busy doing the right things. That's right. Because um, it's, it's possible to sit down and be busy the entire evening. But in reality, you haven't actually done anything that's progressing your business forward or making any money. That's right. One thing yeah. I've always found to be really helpful in terms of just staying on the rails with what these priorities are is having an accountability buddy. So whether that's, you know, your, your partner, your friend, someone who's somewhat related to even what you're working on. Um, I have two friends that I use um, as sort of accountability people. And we, we both keep each other in check on the different projects we're working on. So we have kind of like a weekly little email thread of like, okay, how is this thing doing? And then we go back and forth a little bit about different challenges we faced, trying to determine what some of the blockers were even from, from why I didn't make the progress I wanted to make. And I think by, by doing that, you, you one start to get better at putting like realistic timelines on the things you're looking to achieve. And then two, it helps you realize the things that are sucking away your productivity the most. And so that right there was the genesis of me logging out of Slack entirely. I have a Slack community of people that I keep up with and I could just sit there and do that all day. And it's not that that would be necessarily bad for me to do, but it's just not letting me achieve the things that are more meaningful for the future of my business. So yeah, I mean, to, to bring it full circle, it always comes back to priorities for me and doing what I can to remind myself of them. And remind other people of them, right? I mean, yeah. to come back to what you said, it, you don't have to necessarily, although I think it is powerful to have a mastermind group that's official, you meet once a week, you discuss things, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to do that. Like I have a few friends who just know that I do this stuff and they, are just constantly saying like, Hey, how's business? Um, you know, the co-working space that I'm at, um, I'm just always like saying, Hey, how's business? And he's like, good. And how's yours? And mm-hmm. we're just constantly, you know, it's not, it's not maybe as official as like, Hey, you know, this week I'm going to, I'm going to make X amount of dollars and then checking in at the end of the week, which I think can be extra powerful. But just for starters, I think you can even just make people aware that you're doing it. And there's a, there's built in accountability in that so that you don't look like a fool later when they're like, Hey, how'd that thing go? And, and you say, well, right. you know, I didn't, I didn't do it. I totally flaked on it. So yeah, I've heard that type of thing, you know, you say, well, like if you're going to say, write a book, the moment you start telling people there's something powerful in that and you know, right. you're kind of committing to it. It's like, in my case, I'm going to say I am writing a book. <laughs> I've got loads to do on it, but I think telling people, I, I get people that, that ask me, how's your book going? It's like, oh God, I haven't done anything on it. It's kind of uh, pushing me towards doing that. Yeah, because people like to live vicariously, right? Through us, <laughs> through someone who's doing it. Oh yeah. And so they'll, so they'll constantly be saying like, hey, how's the book or how's the whatever? So On that note, Ian, one of my biggest reality checks since I've gone sort of full-time as a freelancer was really just coming to terms with the reality that if I don't set a very specific deadline on something and tell other people about that deadline, I'm just not going to hit it. And so having that extra like social pressure, I guess you could say is, is huge for me. I can totally relate with that because I um, had uh, a similar problem. Like when I did go part-time freelance, 
I had this problem where I had too many ideas. No, no, Ryan, you, you had a similar case. Like, basically, you think, okay, I'm going to have all this time. Um, I'm going to do this, <laughs> this, 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 this. But at the end of the day, you need uh, to, to set your priorities. Um, you need deadlines. Like, I'm the same. Like, to, tomorrow, I have to finish off a project. Um, and, you know, by the end of the day, I, I have to finish it. So I, I've had situations where it's like I've got projects to like 90% and I've thought, okay, uh, this isn't this isn't my best work, but I know it's good enough. So I'm going to have to send it out because tomorrow I'm meeting up with my friends. So I think setting yourself deadlines is really important. Um, I also like what you said, um, Ryan, earlier on about realistic timescales. Um, in my case, um, I mean, it's going slightly off topic, but in, in my freelance days, I when I first started, I was basically setting myself way too much work and, um, you know, it's an impossible volume of work. And, you know, it's making me feel really bummed out that I haven't achieved that, I haven't done that, I haven't done that. Um, so what I do now is I know, like, sometimes a project can take two days. Um, I can normally do it faster, but if I'm... You know, if if things go wrong and it does take that two days, I've got that slack in my plan. So any paid work that I have to get done by a certain date, I've got that slack in my diary. And if I if I complete that earlier, I can just push the next next one forward. So I think having realistic timescales, um, you know, and setting yourself deadlines is you know crucial. Um, whether you're doing a side gig or even you know, um a freelance or side venture that's full time. Yeah. And like when you, when you don't hit your deadlines, don't get super mad at yourself. Right. Especially with your side gig. Like if you're, if you're constantly setting deadlines that are just setting yourself up for failure and you're getting, you know, pissed off because you're not, you feel like you're not getting anywhere. Don't, don't get mad at yourself. Like when you're, you're in the mindset of, reacting to things that are going on around you, you, you're not going to produce your best work. So when I, and this happens every day in my business, I don't hit deadlines all the time. And so I have to just adjust and say, okay, this clearly wasn't realistic instead of just blindly rescheduling it to, you know, what same day next week or this time tomorrow. Um, I try and do what I can to look at why exactly I didn't achieve that deadline. Um, and then figure out something that's more realistic going forward. And the more you can do to just internalize those lessons, the better you'll be able to stay on track with, with your deadlines and then managing your time based on that. I think that's spot on. In my case, I've actually got slack to some extent. So like what I try to do um, now that I've gone part-time, I try to block out my evenings so I have time um, you know, to capture it with friends or you know, do, do whatever I want essentially in the same weekends. But then at the same time, an evening, worst case scenario, if I'm not able to finish that thing within those two days, you know, have it done by that Friday, I might just have to work in the evenings. You know, and, and that's the same in like a day job. Like in, in my day job, if I don't finish something by like five and it needs to be done for the next day, that's just what I would have to do. I would just have to stay and work longer. So yeah, I think realistic timescales, but if you don't hit it, as long as you've got some slack or some way of adjusting your timescales, it's fine. That actually leads me into one last point that I wanted to make, and then we'll wrap it up. In being realistic, you guys talked a lot about being realistic with goals and with time and, and with progress and that kind of thing. I think 
you know, coming full circle to this balancing work and home and life and just all the things you have to balance with your side gig, you have to, above all, not only be disciplined, we've already said, but also be realistic mm-hmm. and realize that sometimes um, your, your business might not grow as fast as you want it to. But if it's at the expense of your family, then that's meaning if it's if that's at the expense of spending time with your family, then that's OK. If you're spending more time with your family and or vice versa, if you feel like at this in this stage in your life, your business needs more attention, then, then sit down with your significant other and and talk about that and say, look, you know, I'll be around and, and I'll I'll, um, I'll contribute and we'll still most everything will be normal. But every once in a while, I might have to dedicate a night or two to working on this. And, and your your personal relationships might not move as quickly as you want them to, but it, but it's because your business is moving quickly. And I think there's just different times in your life where you have to just say, right now I'm focusing on family or right now I'm focusing on business or right now I'm focusing on my career at work or whatever it might be. You have to just realize that not all of them can all be doing 100% amazing at all times. You know what I mean? Right. Finding the best balance you can and then realizing that it's always sort of a process of readjusting to try and get back to the middle with everything. Yeah, it's always changing. You're always adjusting based on on your kid's birthday. You're not going to work on your business as much as you might on a random Wednesday. I like how you mentioned the communication with your friends and families. If you make them aware of what you're trying to achieve and uh, what your plans are, I think communication is a really important um, factor so that you get that support. Because there will be days when you know, it's going to be easy and, and you're going to be able to fit in that time. But if friends, your family, your loved one and so on, if they know that you've got this project and you've got this dream, these goals and so on, they should be there to support you through it. So in those days where you, you have to use that extra time up, as long as they're aware of it, you're not going to have any problem. Yeah. And don't let, don't let building your business get in the way of the reasons that you're building your business. Meaning if you're, if right. you're building your business so that you have more free time to spend with friends or so that you, your family can see you more often, don't sacrifice that so much that that's not an option once your business is quote unquote successful, like pay attention to your priorities all along the way and yes, shift and adjust, but don't forget you have sort of this ultimate list of priorities. Don't forget what those are as you're building your business. And I think you'll be fine. Well, I think we ought to wrap it up today, guys. Um, I think that was a great conversation. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks Preston. Yeah, thank you guys. As always, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a second to give us an honest rating and review on iTunes. You can find a link to the show on iTunes at sidegigshow.com. You can also subscribe for updates, announcements, and new episodes by visiting sidegigshow.com. We'll also be doing a series of Q&A episodes all about building a successful side business. If you want your question answered on the air, visit sidegigshow.com. If you enjoyed the show, take a second and head over to SideGigShow.com and share with your friends. Show notes for this episode are found at SideGigShow.com slash balance. Hey everyone, Ian here with a quick announcement. I have a free ebook packed with logo design tips from the pros. With contributions from known designers including Aaron Draplin, Michael Beirut and Jacob Cass. For a free copy, simply visit logotips.co.uk.